Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but guess what? We're going to give a shout out to our sponsors. Now, these are companies that I used as an athletic director, and I really recommend recommend that you check them out. They're all great, and uh, we're going to give them a shout out here in the next uh, three minutes. So don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us. Here we go. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. It's also digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. Let the hometown team help you make the best solution for online ticketing. Hometownticketing.com. We also want to thank Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for the podcast. If you go to gipper.com, their team is going to help you create world-class marketing content that will help you celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. Gipper is used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to gipper.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to uh, Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demo. See their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Sidelineinteractive.com. We want to say thanks to Home Campus. Home Campus was a platform that I used every single day as an athletic director, and you're going to love it too. Things like scheduling, uh, student athlete eligibility and clearance. Who doesn't work on that every day? rosters, um, digital forms and signatures, communication with parents, with your state association. If you're an AD, Home Campus is going to help you do your job better. And all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We want to thank SnapRaise. Have you ever spent weeks and weeks with a fundraising platform and then got little, if any, return? Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com. Hands down, the best online fundraiser out there. Go to their website, snapraise.com. You can check out their other platforms like Snap Store and FanX. They're all great, but SnapRaise is the fundraiser you should be using. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a huddle school and our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to huddle.com, join the 8 million users, turn your school into a huddle school. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Um, go to athleticsurveys.com and... Uh, uh, let them create a custom survey that will allow you to um, check the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Um, athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the people who want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you to that small group. They'll also connect you to the 98% that supports your program. That's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal, or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. 
And we want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com, and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to recognize your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply share your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Uh, mention the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Going all the way out to California today, and we're going to visit with somebody I like to call a new friend. Uh, we're going to be talking with Joanna Butcher. She is a certified athletic administrator. She's the director of athletics at Milpitas High School. You know, again, that's out in uh, California. For If you're looking at the map, we'll just say Central California. Uh, she's very active uh, at the state level. Uh, she and I connected this year at the National Conference, and uh, we're excited to have her on the show. So, Joanna, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hi. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate you having me here today. And thank you to everyone out there and your sponsors for allowing this to occur. All right. Hello. Thank you for coming on. I know it's a busy time. For listeners, we're recording this on January 30th, so it's going to be pretty timely when you're listening to it. Um, Joanna, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests, so give us that bio, uh, where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us up through your own uh, high school and college days, and then we'll take that first break, but what's the Joanna Butcher origin story? Oh, my glory days. Yes, I get to talk about it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I actually grew up in Southwest Washington, uh, and so um, was born and raised and then left right after high school, you know, type of thing. But um, I was fortunate. I had two very active parents um, with the Title IX discussion in the last couple of years, just thinking about uh, what women went through in regards to the change. My mom was a high school and college female in the 50s. And so, you know, she really glammed on to the individual sports. She was a tennis player because women were allowed to play tennis and she was an amazing slalom skier. And so, um, you know, it was a really interesting world that I grew up in because my dad was, you know, he played baseball, you know, six years of varsity because he grew up in a small farm town in Oregon, you know, type of thing. And so, uh, Sports were something that I was around. Um, I am eight and 10 years younger than my siblings. And so I grew up playing t-ball with the boys, uh, started playing soccer in second grade, would play basketball because we were back in the back in the day in the 80s and the late 70s. The kids would do the skill you know, games instead of actually playing a game in basketball. And so I remember doing all those competitions and that was kind of fun and played all the way through high school. I um, played varsity soccer for four years in high school in my glory days. Uh, and then I played three years of varsity basketball and four years of varsity softball. And uh, we were a school of maybe like 1500. So yes, there were other teams. I had to look back in the yearbook to notice, oh, we did have freshman JV teams. I was like, okay, can remember those. Um, but it was exciting because I can say that my last year of high school, we went to state in every sport, you know, that type wow. of thing. So glory days. It's um, but it was a big part of my life growing up, just being around my family, um, what it was like, 
to be, I mean, my funny story that my parents thought was hysterical was um, I had to have been 10 and I was in the, I was in the um, community score for my brother's baseball game. And apparently I used to yell at the moms that they talked too much because they weren't paying attention <laughs> on that one. So I always thought that that was kind of funny, but um it's interesting because thinking about part of my discussion this last year at national conference and tying a couple of the things together uh, on some of the breakout sessions, when they brought a lot of the female ADs and whoever wanted to be together, they were talking about why did you become an AD? And I actually flipped the question on them and I said, how many of you guys were a captain? And how many of you were a captain on more than one team or multiple years? Because I truly feel that if you kind of gravitate toward mentoring and being a captain on your team, that's sort of your destiny, you know, to kind of go into that AD route. Um, I've been a teacher at my school for 26 years. We're actually in Northern California, so I'm right out of San Jose. Um, I spent uh, five years coaching tennis, um, so many years coaching all these other sports type of thing. And so that was kind of how I came into the AD and got into wanting to move to athletics because I was activities. And um, so this is my fifth year as athletic director and going into th some of the things that I do at the school. Um, it just, I feel like it's part of everything. It's kind of fun, but. <laughs> well, we're going to hear more about your, uh, your yeah. early coaching career, but I want to go back to your high school. Now you, you don't know this. I don't think you and I sp talked about this, where did you graduate from high school? Fort Vancouver High School. I was a okay. trapper. All right. Well, a hundred years ago, I graduated from Battleground High School. You were a tiger. That's right. What? Okay. That's back when there was only one high school in Battleground. Now I think they have like eight. Uh, oh, yeah. But I was just talking to one of my high school friends. Uh, we were, I was football and basketball and track and running on that old track at, at Fort Vancouver. Um, all right. You mentioned your dad was from Oregon. Uh, I was born in Oregon. Where's he from? Uh, he grew up on actually not too far off the John Day River. So he grew up, uh, uh, he grew up in a tiny town. So he lived off a ranch for a while, uh, in Spray, Oregon. Good. So right. I think it's Wheeler County. All right. I, I, I've been in through, I've driven through Spray. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was born in the Dalles and okay. then my, my first head coaching job was it Sherman? Uh, back then they called it Sherman Union. Now it's Sherman County uh, School. So, wow, great connections there. I love it. That's a whole different story. That's crazy. Um, when my grandma moved into town, she moved into the Dalles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the big town. Yeah, the big town. That is great. I love it. Um, all right. Going back to your high school experience, and you already mentioned, you know, three sports. That's kind of how we did things back then. Um what what's your memory or memories of the coaches and how they work together as far as we didn't call it sharing athletes it's just what it was but did uh like did your basketball coach ever say you know hey you need to quit playing soccer you know we need you in off season or was there any of that back then no you know um it's because with soccer and basketball soccer was a fall sport for in washington and so they always felt like it helped because it was conditioning angles and you understood the game because everything transfers. 
uh, in regards to thinking about what you do, even playing softball, how you approach a ball, you still have to go at a side angle to get to it. And just that hand-eye coordination. So everybody was really supportive uh, in regards to that. And I don't think it was actually even a question on that one. So, but we had, we were kind of in a, the females in my, around my years, they all played multiple sports. And so a lot of them went on to play at the collegiate level. So like three out of the five of our starters all played D1 basketball. Um, so I think it was kind of that, it just, it was accepted that they played multiple sports. We had a coach who was the varsity volleyball coach and she was a JV girls basketball coach. So I think that might've helped as well. Okay. So. I, I just had another uh, question here. Uh, where did you go to junior high or, or, or middle school? I went to McLaughlin, so I went to Mac High. Okay, well, that's where I started my teaching career. I, I taught uh, health and uh, uh, and English there. Gosh, I'm trying to think of the years. It would have been eighty, um, you know, eighty four, eighty five, uh, eighty five, eighty six. So I would have been there in. Okay, so I started. For in fall of 88, right? So 89, 90, 91. Nope, I started 87. So I would have been there 85, 86. So I was the years, I was the last year when Mac High was a junior high, when they had the three grades. And right. then I was as a seventh grader. And then I was an eighth grader when they moved it to a middle school and they just had the two grades, the so seventh and eighth. Okay. Well, so maybe, I think it would have been. Maybe it was earlier. I, I, 86, 87, and 85, 84, 85. Okay, yeah. No, I, I was there. I was there 80, 84, 83, 84. Yeah, yeah. That's when yeah. I was there. 83, 84. <laughs> yeah, because I graduated from Fort in 91, so. Okay, yeah. No, that's we're, we're getting, you know, we're, we don't want to hear about my history. You want to hear about yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the the story that you shared about when you were uh, a kid, you were at the baseball games and you, you know, tell the parents, you know, Hey, you got to pay attention. I mean, that to me, that's training for <laughs> becoming an athletic director. That's when we knew that Joanna was going to become an AD. Okay. Can you think of any other moments uh, maybe in high school or college where it, it maybe at the time it doesn't, it didn't stick out, but now looking back, you can say, Hey, that was a significant moment for me. Um, so my, my dad coached, he was my CYO coach. He was my baseball coach. He then became a softball coach. And so watching somebody coach that was close to you was, you know, that was the norm. Um, I do know when I was in high school, my, one of the assistant principals was, uh, he ran athletics and activities. And I just thought, I'm like, that'd be a great job. That'd be so much fun. Like I love sports. I like the dances in the clubs, like. I could stay in high school forever. I actually never really thought about doing that because um, I changed paths a couple times before I started teaching. But um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it, it's interesting because I was interviewed a couple years ago because I'm the first AD female AD at our high school, and I was talking about I didn't, I didn't know. I knew I could coach but I didn't know about these other opportunities that I could be because of looking at role models. And I always talk to the young ladies. Now it's thinking about, um, I don't know if I have a turning point about, um, you know, who, who gave me the courage or who supported me. I know my mentor AD was a major supporter in female sports and really encouraged me to step up. 
Um, but it just, I, I talk about looking at who the mentors are now and thinking about, and I may not pinpoint a, 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 um, an exact time, but I'm trying to be that person for girls mm-hmm. and guys, I can say on that one and thinking about how I can encourage them to get involved and what they can do with athletics and, and, and the jobs that are available now that you didn't even know existed back in the nineties and the eighties. Like I, that's just kind of where I am. I know that's not a specific answer. I apologize on that one, but. No, that that's a, gr- a great answer. And, and you're absolutely right. I, I can remember thinking, you know, my, my PE coaches, you know, wow, you know, these guys get to play games all day, you know, that what, what a great life. But, you know, the RAD was kind of invisible back in the day. Uh, not that, he did a bad job. It was just, you know, you just never saw him, but uh, no, I think that's great to, uh, to see and know and embrace that type of responsibility of, of mentoring that next generation. Very cool stuff. Well, Berlin, I think oh, go ahead. I was going to so one other story, just thinking about it. So, you know, Memorial Coliseum, it's the oh, absolutely. lasers. So Fred Meyer classic, Seaway uh, basketball, you know, thinking about how they, um, they embraced, female sports we actually got to um we won the fred meyer classic and so we got to play our championship game on memorial coliseum floor uh which is huge and then they invited us back uh to play you know for three minutes at halftime of a blazer Mm -hmm. game and just the way the crowd cheered for us you know and it's eighth grade girls basketball but you know the crowd is erupting and cheering it's really empowering on that one and so that was also kind of a say a big moment and thinking about sports and how it can do things for you because you kind of look around and think about i could be here exactly yeah you know very cool no thanks for sharing that for our listeners uh, our guest today is joanna butcher she's a certified athletic administrator and she's the director of athletics at milpitas high school in california we're going to take our first break but we're definitely coming back for some more so stay with us this is the educational ad podcast We want to say thanks to our good friends at Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team is going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school is assigned a dedicated client success manager that's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. We also want to thank Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for the podcast. And if you go to gipper.com, their team will help you create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. Gipper is used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs It's professional graphic design made simple. How simple? Well, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Mention the podcast. You'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational 80 Podcast. Joanna, you mentioned a little bit after uh, college, you got on that path of being a teacher and a coach and ultimately an AD, but Share that journey a little bit. We have uh, a lot of younger ADs, some you know younger teachers and coaches, some aspiring ADs, and I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that most of us ended up taking before we become an AD. Oh my goodness, yeah. It, well, you know, I 
I could say that I could have seen me as an AD, but uh, if you would have told me in high school and even first couple of years of college that I was going to be a teacher, I would have laughed at you. I always knew I was going to coach, which is probably why um, when I get irritated with my other path, I kind of decided to coaching class, took a couple of education classes, um, graduated from UC Davis and uh didn't know what I was going to do. Moved up to Tahoe and said, okay, I'm going to, I was the assistant varsity basketball coach. I said, if I can sub, <laughs> mentality, if I can sub for a year, I'm going to go back and get my credential. Cause I was thinking it, I needed to be in the classroom to see if I enjoyed it. Well, loved coaching that bug. I already knew I had. Uh, and so then I Stayed up in Tahoe, did my student teaching and subbed quite a bit. Uh, amazing the classes that'd be called back to sub. I thought that was funny because I was more of a social studies person and I get called for chemistry all the time. Uh, but you know what it is. But anyway, um, so when I was student teaching, because I ended up being on the Nevada side and it was a small school, I was they're like, hey, do you want to coach golf? Sure, I'll coach golf. Uh, so then all of a sudden I'm student teaching. I'm the varsity golf coach. I am the JV girls basketball coach. And then I am the varsity softball coach. Who does that in the year that they're student teaching and then subbing looking for a job? Well, apparently I just created the norm for myself. Uh, I get hired at Milpitas, had no idea where it was, except that it's in Santa Clara County. So I can say go Niners now, even though I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, the uh, But I walked up to the AD and I said, hey, you know, do you have any coaching opportunities? I want to coach. He goes, what do you want to coach? I go, I want to coach basketball and softball and he was like okay done I was like that easy and he's like you came up and said I want to do this so I'm assuming that you know something and then we you know we had some conversations after that but um so you know I started at Milpitas 26 years ago and spent you know two years uh coaching JV basketball and the assistant varsity because that's how I grew up and then um tears of JV softball and then I moved into coaching varsity tennis and uh, varsity girls basketball and um, boys golf, because we only had a boys, we had a co-ed team at the time. And then um, eventually got rid of tennis after five years, um, came back to softball, went away from softball, came back to softball. Uh you know, so and then now I've the started the girls golf program two years ago, and uh, it's really exciting. I'm going to say it's the talent it wasn't me, but we went from you know zero and twelve to thirteen and zero this year. So that was really exciting. Um, totally the girls. I just happen to I, I make good cookies and fudge, and I'm great at driving them places. So, <laughs> but um, it was one of those where I was the activities director uh for 11 years on campus and so i ran the clubs the dances uh any events that type of thing and so i i worked very closely with our ad he was my mentor I, I coached with him and it seemed like it was kind of a natural progression because what you do with activities is you care about the culture of the school and so i was the person that you know on the basketball quad games. I was the one that's like, okay, I'll do the announcing. I'll get the crazy games going at halftime of the basketball games so that we get the crowd interacting and, and just kind of being part of it. And so I'm going to say that I kind of stepped into that role as kind of an assistant, not even thinking about it because it just felt natural 
to just celebrate the seniors. And I wanted the leadership kids to go out to games and how do we promote the students going to games? And so that kind of became one of my roles. And I didn't even think about it being that that's kind of an AD role, but we did it from the activity side because that's what you're doing is you're promoting student engagement and trying to, it's climate and culture. And you have to work closely together because if you can't work together, your school's never going to come together. And so when Jeff, who was our AD, he was, you know, in, in education for over 40 years when he finally decided, you know, his son had graduated and he was ready to step aside. Uh, it was an easy transition where I just stepped into that and I was so excited. And then, you know, I go from a state football championship to COVID in a year and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I get into? <laughs> but, um, you know, with it, I think my strengths on it, it's because, you know, I've had the support of administration because I, I, I never knew you had to be a paperwork nerd really to kind of be an AD. <laughs> I know you need to understand sports. You need to understand, you know, how to keep officials happy. Uh, I'm working on keeping parents happy. I'm getting better, I'd say, you know, each day on that one. Um, but yeah, just thinking about like sometimes, you know, you go from being a glorified paper pusher to, you know, trying to put out all these other things that are happening, <laughs> you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's like, you know, I don't know if you can really define it, which is why like going into the conferences, it's so great to be around everybody who is, um, they know what you do because you are a single entity on your campus that nobody else necessarily understands. So, um, you know, you need that. It's that like breathe the life back into you on that. So, um, I I'm I'm going to follow up, but your your label there, uh, paper nerd. I don't think I've ever heard that turn of phrase. So there's a unique. It's not a tool, but maybe it's going to be one of your tools when we get to the toolbox. Um, obviously, you had uh, a, a great background in athletics. You know, as an athlete and all the sports that you coached. I mean, wow. I I, I thought I had a lot on my resume of oh hey Jake, can you coach this? Oh yeah, sure. Getting out the book. You know, how do you teach this? Um, but from the AD perspective, um, was there anything that when you finally had the job and you're sitting at the desk, you know, what I call the other side of the desk now, was there anything that you're just going, seriously, this is part of the AD's job? Or was it just kind of seamless? So I I, I kind of knew, and this is what I'm going to say, I, I credit um, the previous AD, Jeff Lamb, is he's amazing. He was available by phone call, but so I had already watched him, but so I'm at a football game this year. Let's put it this way. So, cause only ADs I think can relate to this. I am laying on the ground in our announcer's booth, trying to figure out why the kill switch isn't working on the microphone and playing with the cords with my radio going off with them calling me to the ticket booth. And then somebody else is like, Hey, the varsity chain gang didn't show up. And I'm like, wait, okay, okay. I can do one of these things at a time. I was like, you try and do this, do this. And so it was just thinking about the fact that I think it's the, the facility aspect that, um, and, and now I'm learning having to put on more of that fundraiser hat that I'm like, that's a full-time job. I mean, thinking about collegiate level, they have a full-time AD assistant AD who their job is fundraising and community relations. 
and they have someone else who's facilities and they handle facilities and transportation and just thinking about what you have to do at the collegiate level. And my school, I guess I should have said this earlier, we're 30, we're almost 3,200 at our school. And so I have 48, 48 teams on that. And so just thinking about all the different coaches and the teams and the athletes, you know, to massage, it's, it's the facility and the fundraising that I, I think that has shocked me more about, I knew that I'd have to do quick fixes, but I didn't know I would actually be the one like, okay, where's the WD 40, you know, like trying to go out and like <laughs> fix this or teach someone how to do this. It's like, no, no, this is how you run the scoreboard here. Give me the console. Let me show you. <laughs> No, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about Our, uh, on the rare occasions where I wasn't supervising a home event and I had my substitute there, you know, maybe a coach or something, you know, I had the little booklet and it was concessions. It was scoreboard. It was PA system. It, it was everything. And they go, really? I thought I was just going to be watching the games. Oh no, there's a couple things going on. <laughs> that is great. And the fundraising thing, that's a, a completely other show but you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, why, why is this falling on my desk? We're going to take a break, but we are going to come back with some more. Our guest today is Joanna Butcher, uh, certified athletic administrator and the director of athletics at Milpitas High School, also a coach of a thousand different sports. So uh, let's go and take that break, but we're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Go to their website, sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Of course, we use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. They're tremendously versatile and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com schedule that live web demo today we also want to say thanks to our partners at home campus home campus is a platform that i used every single day as an athletic director for things like scheduling for student athlete eligibility and clearance for connecting with our state association submitting rosters talking to parents if you're an athletic director home campus is going to help you do your job better and all you have to do go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Raise. Have you ever spent weeks and weeks with a fundraising platform and then got little, if any, return? Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com. Hands down, it's the best online platform out there for fundraising. We used it at our school with tremendous success. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. Our uh, finance office loved it. And what's more, it works. Go to snapraise.com. You can check out their other platforms like Snap Manage and Snap Store. But SnapRaise is the fundraising platform you should be using. Go to snapraise.com to get started. Hey, Jake, I just want to let you know that Melpitas High also uses Home Campus and SnapRaise. And I got to say, one of the best things that I enjoy about them is their reps and the way they make it so personal. And so I appreciate that I can get a hold of them and they fix it and home campus, their app and the fact that I've got those emergency cards with those hot links right away. Love it. It's a lifesaver. Appreciate that home campus. 
you know, you're absolutely right. Home campus. I, I know uh, it's a California uh, platform primarily and Florida, but it's available to individual schools and ADs across the country. Um, you know, you just heard Joanna. I'm telling you also, it's something you will use every single day. Your coaches will love it. Your parents will love it. It's a great platform. And again, uh, SnapRaise, great fundraising platform. Thanks for those shout outs, Joanna. Um, we mentioned uh, a couple of times that you are a certified athletic administrator. That doesn't happen by accident. So once again, can you kind of share your journey with your state association and with the NIAAA and, and help those younger ADs or maybe even older ADs like me that have not started their NIAAA journey, how you got started? Uh, I really have to credit my mentor, Jeff Lamb, the former AD, because he he was that involved. And when I transitioned from the activities world to the athletic world activities, I I'm actually still on council with the California uh, activities directors association. So I'm still an active leader in that. And so I'm going to say it's the norm to get involved <laughs> and to be part of the council rep and figure out what you can do to uh, help ADs across the area. And so because he was a former officer in the local and actually started our CCS ADA, uh, it was natural for me to want to jump in and go to meetings. And then uh, I have been the secretary now for the CCS ADA. I think we have 151 schools uh, in our section, uh, secretary the last two years. And then I started my journey going to the NIAAA in fall or winter, I guess, December of 2019. But my first classes that I started taking, because our state association uh, always sponsors NIAAA classes. And he said, you know what, you need to take these legal courses, because I'm going to scare you. I want you to know about all these things that happen around the US and the why. And I think that that's one of the amazing parts of the classes, is that they give you a lot more of that why. Because Coaches don't want to hear no, and they're like, I don't want to be sued, so don't do this, you know, type of thing. And you go into, you know, you go into different things and you just say, hey, you know, if this and this happens, do you want to be a part of it? And all of a sudden, sort of the, oh, oh, okay. And I think that going through the coursework and being able to interact with all the IDs around the country and they start talking about, what are their experiences? Because when they're teaching classes, they're also saying, well, what happens at your school? And I think that that is so valuable because it's not just a networking because you're learning actively about things that have happened in other areas that you don't want necessarily to happen at your area and how you can think through it. And so you're almost being able to build a reaction for the what ifs. Uh, and you really need to have those in your back pocket so that you're prepared to go so that you're not going into a frozen state when something happens and you're like, I don't know what to do. You want to be able to have like a couple things that you could pull out of your back pocket immediately. And that's what that journey is. And so being involved in planning our area, our area recognition for our scholarships, uh, being involved in our uh, we put on an AD workshop in the fall for the CCS section, and I'm, I'm part of that uh, committee. 
And then going to the meetings, just being involved and learning and being more familiar, I think also with our, our section staff, when they bring things down, there isn't that, I have more of an understanding. So you don't have that animosity. They're not telling you no, like the parent that's slapping your wrist type of thing. They want to be able to help you understand so that you can share that background. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate because Jean Ashton is our section and she is an NIAAA proponent. She is all about it. She said, why aren't you taking classes? You know, she's in it. And, and I think that having someone that is so excited about it, it just transfers over and it gets me excited about going to these nationals. I mean, I, I talked to an AD actually the other day who's from Kansas city, you know, he's like, Oh, it's going to be Casey and the Niners, you know, type of thing. But it's really fun to be in contact with 80s across the nation and they say, hey, is this type of thing happening? Uh, during COVID, I know that that was a conversation. It was like, hey, what's happening in California? You know, does this type of thing happen with our parents? This, you know, we have a much conservative area. So how do you handle that? What's your, what's the conversation like? And that you can only really get by going to the national conferences. It's understanding what other areas do. Sometimes you're like, wait, you have a staff? I mean, that was me this year. I was like, you have a secretary? <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> you know, and then you just kind of feel bad and then everybody feels bad for you. And then, you know, it's like they celebrate you and give you a pat on the back. But I just, there's something about making those connections across, uh, across the states and even internationally, people coming in and just looking and knowing that you're not alone. And um you know that the state people have your back, but I think it's really different when you go and you get to explore, uh, you get to explore a new city with people that you don't see except once a year. And it's just amazing that connection and how you have that support staff that you know you can call on. And I just, I don't know if I'm really, you know, sharing that as well as I could, but it, it, I know I've needed it. And I know that those, there are so many people I can call on anytime that aren't in my area, in my section, and that are going to be more the compassion instead of they're, they're the listeners. They know it. They know it. They feel it. <laughs> right. No, I, I think you hit it right on the head. One of the <laughs> most important things that I try to share, the the LTI courses that you take and we've all taken they are great courses. The the content, the information, the instructors, you know, it, that in itself is, you know, a, a reason to take the course. But you also touched on the other part is sitting at those tables in those um, LTI classrooms are seven, eight uh, athletic directors from different parts of the country that uh, you not only add to your network, but you also get to hear and you get to share you know, your ideas and, and how you work on, on a particular thing, you know, the, that networking component, I would dare say is as important, maybe even a little more important than the actual course itself. Um, now I got to ask you a question. You've got your CAA, you know, you've been to a couple of nationals. We try to avoid ambush journalism on this podcast, but <laughs> what are you doing right now? What's your plan for your CMAA? So I know I'm, it's looking at projects and trying to figure out what I want to do. And there's, I've had a few things that I've started and come back through. And it's just a matter of, I really want, because of my active role with activities prior, I really wanted more of that 
Student Athletic Leadership Council student uh, and trying to get the athletes more involved in what's happening and, and more empowered. And I got it off the ground. It flailed during COVID. And then I feel like there's more work now than then. And so I haven't really fully gotten it back. I haven't got it back off the ground. I'm like, there's so many different things to put off, you know, and stay, try and stay organized that uh, I was thinking that if I do work towards the project, that that would be one of those things about trying to get off the ground. But I want to, you know, looking at some of our schools in the areas actually offer a class and so wondering about if I can get, uh, go through that process and get a class developed. Uh, maybe me not teach it, but maybe I can get one of my coaches on staff <laughs> to teach it for athletic leadership. Uh, yeah. You know, thinking about different things like that. But I, I do plan to continue to move forward. Um, I have a, I have an almost 10 year old. And so part of it is trying to, I enjoy taking the classes in person. And part of it is because of sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do the online courses, but I'd rather be able to, I, I just, I'm that face-to-face type of person on that. And so moving forward, I'm planning to hopefully take a couple more classes uh, at the California convention in mid-April. Um, and then I think I'll probably have maybe one more course that I need to take because I've got a few extras on that uh, next year in Austin. Uh, go to Austin, everybody. Excited about that one. Um, but it's but I'm going to have to sit down and really look at a project and figure out what's going to be the most valuable for me, but also what's going to be the most valuable for the school because the two really have to go together. Well, the, the, the two topics you mentioned uh, are outstanding. And, you know, the last point, you know, it's got to be meaningful for you and meaningful for the school, for, for Joanna and for our listeners, you know, having sat on the certification committee for a number of years, okay, I can tell you <laughs> that you are already doing something at your school that would make a great CMA project. You don't have to invent something crazy and new. It might be with students. It might be with your coaches, might be with facilities or the community. Um, And it might be a plan to do something. That's one of the great things about the CMAA. You don't actually have to have executed it. Uh, You can be planning that we're going to unveil this in 2026. And then you can still do it the old school way, like I did, you know, write it out and submit it as a, a graduate level type of paper or the new oral presentation. And I'll tell you, I enjoyed writing mine, but if they had the oral uh, option when I was still in AD, I would have been all over that. Uh, you know, basically you're going to take your project and you're going to put it into a PowerPoint uh, presentation, maybe 18 to 20 slides, about 30 minutes. And you're going to tell the story to a couple of committee members about your project. And one thing that I still do is uh, I'll help people get started. I'll help you create your outline. I'll help you create those uh, initial slides. I've even had people do a Zoom with me one-on-one and present their project to me before they present it to the national committee. So, uh, you know, don't put that CMA project off because you haven't come up with that so-called perfect idea. You're already (laughs) doing something. Okay. All right, Joanna, thanks so much for sharing, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we're going to be coming back. Um, speaking of sharing, we're going to ask Joanna to share some of the best practices that she has at her school 
at Milpita. So uh, let's go and take that break, but we're definitely coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, and it was just great. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches, all of our coaches, volleyball, basketball, soccer, you name it, they just loved the tools that Huddle sent us that allowed them to coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to huddle.com, join the 8 million users, and turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen, that's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school's diverse history, talk about your proudest moments, and share your top role models. The website is vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting today with Joanna Butcher. She's the Director of Athletics at Milpitas High School in California. Joanna, one of the things that we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So uh, I already put you on the spot once. We're going to do it again. What are some things that you do at Milpitas that you're particularly proud of that you can share with our listeners? Well, you know, when you talk about a little segue, when you talked about the oral presentation that you can give for the CMMA, it's it's essentially something that I've done. So my mentor would have the guardian and athlete mandatory meeting one per season. Uh, and we used to do it in person and COVID happened. So then all of a sudden it became zoom land. Well, one of the best things that came out of that is we realized that the breakout rooms were amazing. So then when we're coming back in person, it was, how can I create this meeting back in person? Cause we need to connect and we need to be able to ask questions and, and be able to see each other and be around each other. But how can I create the same feeling of being on Zoom and going into a breakout room? And so that idea of doing an oral presentation where I'm talking through the PowerPoint, <clears throat> essentially that's what I did. So our guardian and athlete meeting that we have one per season is uh, a PowerPoint with my, occasionally you see me, but generally it's me explaining and talking over a few of the pictures and the slides and then inserting a few videos. Our state uh, CIF has put together a couple of videos that they've put in. Uh, there's some great funny ones, you know, that I've pulled from some uh, Canadian resources, you right. know, the parent support group, the, it could have been Wayne Gretzky, you know, if you don't say it in a recital, you shouldn't say it in a contest type of thing. And so insert some videos into that. So they're not just listening to me for 35 minutes, you know, 20 minutes. And so I've got a 40 minute video so for example, last Thursday night in our large gym, uh, we had, we had another event going on. So we, we had to, I had to force two teams together, but my track coach and swimming. So they took up an entire side of the bleachers. So we had probably, you know, a thousand people in there and I put it up on the video board. And so what happens is they play my video 
and it goes through a reminder code of conduct and expectations and then the good, the bad, and it's trying to give the whys, that type of thing. But then the coach then gets to put up his and he goes immediately into talking about track specifically. And so my badminton team, they all the parents heard the same presentation from me, but they were in our cafeteria and then it moved straight. They didn't have to move locations because in the badminton coach then talked about his expectations for the season how he is going to have, you know, there's 130 names on the list. He's going to have to cut it down to 55. I, I know it's Badman, it's our jam, our Cal champions. Uh, and, um, and and so we had them all over the place. Our boys volleyball team was in a different spot, softball, baseball. And so we took that idea of that breakout room and, and put the sports all over campus. And then, they, you know, the parents would sign in. We'd tell the, the kids have to go once a year. The parents need to go once type of thing so they hear it as our double check you know liability um but i think that that's one of the best things i did because then if somebody misses it a coach for a makeup meeting they're going to play that video that i've given them and every parent guardian and athlete has seen the same exact information and so whether the coach ends up doing a makeup meeting by zoom or whether he plays the video in front of them and then has them sign in no matter what the information is 100% the same across the board. And so the parents like it because they've condensed, I've condensed it down. They like that. They get that interaction with the coach. The coach take goes into more detail about what's going to happen this season, uh, invitationals, that type of thing. And then is able to actually physically see the coach and then ask, come up and ask questions. And I really, I really like that meeting. And, and what I've gone to is said, you know, Hey, you may be playing basketball right now, but, you know, you may not have to sit through the video again, but remember the video is about 40 minutes, but the coach is going to do their breakout session. So if you want to know what's happening and the expectations from the coach, you're still responsible. And so, you know, you can kind of come in. And so uh, I think that's one of the best things that, that I've done is figure out a way to make a Zoom world come to in person on that and then provide a little bit of humor. Uh one of the other things with thinking about walk-on coaches that uh, it was developed is when I do my coaches meeting, I split it up now where I just meet with the varsity head coaches. I'll have a JV coach head meeting. And then I have all the volunteer assistants or maybe their assistant and pay type of thing, but their liability. And I've split up the meetings. And I know that's more time for me, but I feel like I get a chance for the varsity coaches per season to sit down and talk to each other and, and they get a chance to know each other. And it may take a little bit more time on my part, but I feel like it's valuable because they get it. It's a little more interactive rather than me just talking at them and taking them through the agenda. And uh, same thing with the JV head coaches. And that way the assistants, they get to come in later and don't have to talk as much. But one of the things that I've done for them as per request with the, uh, a couple of my walk-on coaches is my agenda because I've got a Google clap. I've got a Google folder for our coaches corner and one folders, just meeting agendas is I provide hot links and it's, I call it my cheat sheet for coaches. And so everything's in there and they're different folders and it's organized, but you know, as a coach, you want it like this type of thing. And so I've got the agenda, I've got the bookmarks. And so I've got all the important dates, whether there's no school all of that stuff for them, the reminders when everything's due. But then I've got everything linked, transportation. So then I've got the link to the spring release 
times and dates and that type of things. I've got their links for home campus. I've got their links for our website. I've got the links to all the forms. You know, if you're going to have a parent driver, I want to have that all. So I've, I've made a master cheat sheet and uh, I've actually had a couple other ADs in my area like, oh, I should do that for my coaches. And so it makes it easier because they just save that one document and having instead of having to go to search anywhere, they just pull up the one document, go down, find the hot link and take a detour, right turn, whatever they need to do. So I'd say that's one of the things that I started that I'm proud of that I like, and I like sharing and I, I use that and I share that with a lot of others and um, some others have started doing that. Uh, but one of the other... Uh oh, I was going to say, let, let me go in. I don't want to cut you off. I want to hear the next one. But what you have just shared, that's your CMA project right there. You know, and, and whether you entitle it, you know, using technology to enhance parent relations or coaches, you know, putting them together, you know, the, the content, the delivery, it's a great, great vehicle. And you've already done it. Okay. And you've got history. You can say, you know, we've had, um, you know, fewer parent, uh, you know, um, missteps because they didn't know a rule, uh, you know, fewer coaches. Oh, uh, well, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Uh, since we've implemented this and, you know, whether it's true or not, it's still a great idea, uh, for a CMA project. I'm not telling you have to do it, but I'm just saying that would be a great project. All right. One more, uh, best <laughs> one more best practice here. Hey. Oh, I was just going to say uh, a couple of the other things that I'm just proud of is just the number of athletes signing up has increased. Um, I know that I almost everybody I'd say put out puts out the date, you know, the spring, uh, the school year before and tries to get people to start going. And I, I love that about home campus. I get them starting to sign up on, you know, May 1st type of thing for the following school year. And then you know, we host, I bring in a doctor and we do some physical exams on a couple, um, a couple days right before school gets out. And then we do another one, you know, before fall starts just to help out on that one. And, um, you know, I feel like being consistent and having those dates and constantly putting it out, whether it be social media, whether it be, you know, our school's communication with parents in the community, which we use Parent Square. Uh, whether it's student email, having it posted, that type of thing. I think that having those clear dates of when they have to have it in by, I think has helped tremendously because I know that we're up to, we're just under 1,100 athletes signed up on home campus for the year, which is pretty crazy on that one. So I know that that is, um, the number has increased and I'm really proud of that one. So I'm hoping that that continues. Uh, a couple of things I inherited, which I think is amazing, and it's a culture that I'm hoping to continue, is uh, if we were to look at the amount of coaches, whether they be volunteer, whether they be paid, uh, assistants, JV level, varsity level, doesn't matter. The culture I inherited for the amount of the alumni coming back to coach is amazing. And I think that that helps the athletes, because they're looking and they're hearing the story. So if they say, oh, well, Coach King, you know, he's been coaching football for 30 years, but he says, well, yeah, but I, I this is this is my home. I, I didn't just move here to coach. I grew up here. I graduated from here. You know, our activities director, she does, I was like, yeah, class of 09, you know, type of thing when they start throwing out their years and they talk about being proud of where they graduated from. I think it also helps 
with the athletes and their mentorship. So it's one of those things that I'm in, definitely encouraging to get them involved. We have three athletes, you know, they're coming as volunteers and we talk to them about, you know, having to make sure they're aware of social media and who they're friends with and all that, you know, other type of thing. Um, so given that spiel, but just thinking about having them come in as a volunteer to start their coaching journey, they're showing younger athletes how they can get involved right afterwards. And they may not even think about coaching until they see this young person. So knowing that we've got, you know, two, two kids who graduated last year who want to come in a couple times a week with badminton, got another one who graduated two years ago that wants to come in for throws, you know, like, I think that that's a huge, huge part of this campus culture that I'm super proud of. I inherited, so I can't claim it, but I definitely want to make sure that it's something that I'm part of to keep it prospering as it continues into the future, because I think that that's something they can all be proud of. Oh, absolutely. We would love to have alums come back uh, and, you know, go through that uh, coaching journey. You know, maybe they come back uh, and work in a summer camp, their first year in college. And after they graduate, they're a middle school assistant coach. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. It just really continue that legacy. Joanna, we should have done this earlier and we'll do it again. But if one of our listeners wants to reach out, we talked about networking, add you to their network, or just, you know, pick your brain a little bit about, uh, all things Milpitas, uh, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Uh, well, my email because I'm like, I'm on LinkedIn, but I, I rarely check it. Uh, my email is my first initial last name. So it's J Butcher, J-B-U-T-C-H-E-R at, and I'm at Milpitas Unified School District. So it's at musd.org. And then uh, our, we're on Instagram. I admit I kind of dropped the Twitter X or whatever it's being called. I'm, kids aren't on it, so I haven't worried about it. But our Instagram is MHS Trojan Athletics. And I do have a lot of people that will send me a DM through the Instagram uh, message chats. And that's an easy way to get a hold of me. And uh, I know I'm, I was super excited when we got over 2,000. I was like, okay, I hope I can keep this going. <laughs> in regards to uh the instagram page but uh, uh yeah email and probably instagram i don't know if it, i don't answer my phone unless i have to <laughs> i'll remember that uh well hey thanks for sharing that contact information and, and listeners i think you got a great resource here uh but joanna we're not done yet uh we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox and we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys who sponsor this segment when we come back i'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job but i'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox so let's take that break and uh, when we come back uh, we'll see what joanna butcher puts in her new athletic director toolbox this is the educational ad podcast we want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data about your athletic department. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the folks that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you to that group, but they'll also connect you to the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or even your school board. 
go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that'll let you take the pulse of your student athletes, your coaches, your players, and your parents. That's athleticsurveys.com. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with our new friend, Joanna Butcher. Uh, she's a certified athletic administrator and the director of athletics at Milpitas High School in California. She certainly knows her way around the world of athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new AD on their very first job. So, Joanna, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, in general, as an AD, a brand new AD, you need to know how to beg, borrow, and steal. And you have to be able to adapt and use your resources. And so with that, I'm going to give you a prime example. So in the back behind Jake, you see the athletic director's toolbox. You get the book, you know, and you look through and you look to see what someone has already done. And then you don't have to recreate the wheel. So you're looking at, you need to invest in resources so that you have you have a variety of choices to look at so that you can figure out what's going to work best for you. You know your school, you know your culture, and you know how your brain works. So get the resources, look through them, read through them, and figure out, does that form make sense to you? No, I want to add this and this and this. So you're looking at that. Um, I always said that one of the best things that I did for myself that I'd say is a best practice that you need to do as a new AD and an old one or continuing, however, is you need to make a, you should have a timeline of key things of when you need to make sure certain tasks are done. And if you create a timeline for the year, because you've got the district that's asking for things, you've got your coaches, so that something doesn't slip through the cracks. It's okay to make a big timeline, put it in your calendar, whatever works for you, but you should sit down and make sure that you've got all your dates set for the year. Uh, do you need to send in certain reports? Make sure that that's all on there and make it fluid so you can continue to add to it as the year is going because each year you're going to continue to add to that timeline and think about what you need to do and what you can do better because everybody's always working to improve. And then the last one is just kind of an in general is they always say it's okay to ask for help, but I don't want you to just ask for help. I want you to ask why. Why does somebody do it that way? So you have all of your resources. Use your league. Use the ADs in your league. Use the ADs in your section. Use the ADs in your state nationwide from Jake's podcast, however you want to pull in all these different ADs. But if you get a chance to ask them why they do something a certain way, because it could be their state regulation or their section regulation, they have to do it that way but it could be how their brain works. And so I want you to think that you don't have to automatically copy it and do it that exact same way. You should always feel free to make something your own, but you don't have to recreate the wheel. Take the forms, take the suggestions. There are so many great suggestions in the toolbox. Uh, you know, he's got, looking at it, he's got three editions out there and just thinking about it, everybody's sharing different forms and how he's able to put this together it's because everybody is willing to share so it's not asking for help it's asking for the why why do you do it this way and do you have any of this stuff and so it's out there use it don't be afraid because you are i, I 
I'm a department of one at my school. And so I know I have to act alone. And so you never have to be an island. So know that you've got this vast group that is always going to be there to support you. Boy, uh, it's going to sound self-congratulatory if I say, what great suggestions, but uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for that shout out. But I love the way you put that tweak on it, you know, as you're talking with an athletic director and you're getting that uh, nugget or their best practice, you know, ask them, well, why do you do it this way? You know, it's not just what they do, but but why they do it and make sure it's going to be a good fit. Uh, boy, great stuff. Joanna, one more time, uh, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit or add you to their network, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? So I'm at Milpitas High School. And so my email is my first initial last name. So it is jbutcher, J-B-U-T-C-H-E-R, at, and then I'm at Milpitas Unified School District. So it's at M-U-S-D dot org. And then we've got a really fluid Instagram account. It is MHS Trojan Athletics. And I mean, I've got a phone number at the school. It's 408-635-2800. I'm extension 4150. I, uh, I'm much better at email, but you know, that can be overwhelming as well. But you're more than welcome to give me a call. I'm in Cal Northern California. So, you know, just think about the think about the time zone on that one <laughs> all right I, I was i was wondering you said you never answer your phone but you gave out the you know your your office I, phone. I do it rings through i'm just you know my phone rang three times while we were chatting and i was like all right i have to call my mot back later <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you. The buses. I, I appreciate you not picking up yeah hold on jake uh <laughs> Joanna, this has just, uh, again, been very cool. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to share with our listeners. And all the best as we uh, uh, wrap up uh, our winter sports and move on to the spring calendar. Yeah, we started spring sports yesterday. It's great. Yeah, it's, You're right there with Florida. I told somebody the other day in the Midwest, yeah, our baseball team's been working out for a week. And I go, what? We still got two feet of snow on the ground. So anyway. Um, thanks again for being on and uh reminder to our listeners, uh, and we appreciate you listening. Uh, we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We do this uh, just about every day. So uh come back next time for another great interview on the Educational 80 Podcast. We'll see you next time.